Hey guys, it's 2 a.m. and we've got some thoughts. Let's dive in. Greetings, foolish mortals. I will be your host, your ghost host. <laughs> Welcome to 2 a.m. podcast, where you have your host, Chrissy, Adriana, friend of the pod, Julia, and producer Raymond. On tonight's episode, we're going to take a look at Are You Not Entertained? It's The Bachelorette, it's captivating television. <laughs> going to do Fuego or No Go of Nightmare Before Christmas. Is it Halloween or is it Christmas? Methinks it's the latter, but time will tell. Julia's going to ramble about her ghost town adventures and dreams of trailer park living. And then we have story time with Weona, where we're going to recount the horrors of Chrissy's 24th birthday. <laughs> off with are you not entertained are you not entertained <laughs> this week we're going to be recapping the first episode of the bachelorette starring claire crawley who has been a pretty familiar face in the franchise she's been on juan pablo season where she famously told him off and said i would never want you to be the father of my kids <laughs> She's been on two seasons of Paradise, and all I remember is her talking to a raccoon. And then she was engaged on Winter Games to Benoit for maybe a week. But she's back now, and in COVID fashion, she's going to be handing out roses in La Quinta, California, over by Palm Springs, which is super interesting and weird. So Chrissy and I are going to be recapping our thoughts on the first episode Chrissy has actually only seen two seasons, Colton's and Hannah B seasons. I've seen Peter's season. <laughs> oh my god! We forgot Peter. He is such a Pillsbury Doughboy, I'm not surprised we forgot him. So I'm super curious to know what you think of Claire after not having seen her at all. Initially when they announced that she was going to be Bachelor, I was kind of annoyed because I was like, why is this older woman going to be the Bachelorette? Um, mm -hmm. But now that I've seen it... I think that she seems really cool and I like how outspoken she is and how direct she is. I like that she's about no BS, so I really respect her. It's interesting that you've only really seen it when all the contestants are super young because back in the day, all the contestants used to be older. So Claire is kind of repping that old generation of Bachelor yeah. fans, which is super interesting. But a lot of new people don't actually know her. I will say I actually don't feel like I ever got to know her that well because I learned so much about her in this episode that I thought was pretty cool. We get the backstory on her parents. Um, her dad unfortunately passed away and her mom is struggling with Alzheimer's right now. And you really just see this deep passion that she wants to find love and find her person. And she's, you know, been looking for a while. She's 39 years old. And I don't know, I'm kind of rooting for her. We know that her seasons got really short. Mm. There's been a lot of behind the scenes drama as to another bachelorette potentially stepping in, Tasha or maybe Hannah Sluss. I don't, we're not really sure what is going to happen because ABC has been pretty cryptic, but it is kind of annoying because now I'm kind of rooting for her and I want to see her find love and she's not going to be bachelorette for the whole time, mm -hmm. probably. Yeah, and I'm kind of disappointed about that because I know that it obviously wasn't really her fault because it was because of COVID, but 
it would have been nice to see a full season of her. And then honestly, now seeing who the guys were, I feel like I can't see any of them being the candidates for any of the younger girls that have been rumored to become the new Bachelorette. So I don't know how they're going to deal with that. It just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, so let's get into the actual episode. Chrissy and I found it kind of boring. Yeah. It was really funny to see all the different COVID elements to it, like everybody wearing masks and getting their tests and the boys being kind of dramatic about, you know, being by themselves for two weeks, playing checkers alone with just themselves (laughs) and weird things like that. But when it actually came down to getting to know the men, I think I remember like three of them. Yeah. And I can't even tell you that much about them. They all seem really boring. Yeah, I don't feel like we got any true intro packages for any of the guys. No. So that was kind of weird. I just saw a lot of them getting, like, the COVID test. (laughs) (laughs) Even the entrances weren't that grand or zany this year. I feel like there's a lot of usually weird characters. The one dude rolled up in a Rolls Royce. Yeah. With a scarf on, and Chrissy and I are fondly referring to him as Harvard because he's only mentioned it maybe a million times. Hate. (laughs) And he just seems like such a narc. Yeah. The biggest thing I think we want to talk about is there's a lot of rumors that Dale Moss is the one she ends up choosing. First of all, I guess we should say he is gorgeous. Mm -hmm. He is beautiful. He's the best looking one in the cast. I kind of want him to father my babies. (laughs) (laughs) The other guys are kind of wet mops. Yeah. But he shows up and they have a really, I would say, boring, cliche conversation. He basically is just... Like, oh, I'm happy that it's you. Happy to be on this journey with you. I'll see you inside. It was really short. Yeah. (laughs) And afterwards, she's like, wow, I think I met my husband. We're like, really? That conversation was so boring. Yeah. So it just seems a little suspicious. And I feel like she was really trying to play up all the facts that, like, they can't talk to each other before they go on the show. And because she, like, pulls aside this other guy named... Blake, I think. Honestly, don't know. Okay. Let's just go with Blake. <laughs> sure, Blake. Um, and she was like, you know, we have rules here. We can't talk to each other before we go on the show, but I know that you reached out to me during quarantine. You were the only one, but thanks for breaking the rules because they really needed it. And I'm like, this is some BS. You definitely spoke to Dale yeah. beforehand. Yeah, because you wouldn't have that reaction after you met someone, oh my god, I think that's my husband, especially if the conversation was lacking depth and just interest in general. She was really playing it up for the cameras, though. She was, like, shaking, (laughs) called over Chris Harrison, Chris Harrison came over, and Chris Harrison looked like he wanted to scream internally. (laughs) Yeah, he was definitely judging a bit. He's like, oh, you did something, didn't you? (laughs) (laughs) He looked so strained in the face. He's like, yeah, is that your husband? Are you gonna ruin this whole season (laughs) he knew he totally knew and the one thing that kind of sucks is I feel really bad for the other guys on this season because if they were talking this whole time during quarantine and like have some sort of love for each other four months is a good enough time to get to know someone yeah and you basically just wasted all these guys time a hundred percent if you really thought this guy was the one, I know it's cool to be the bachelorette and everything, you should have just called it off and yeah. had someone else step in for you because I don't think that's really fair for Dale to start halfway in the race and everybody else to start at zero. Yeah. In the previews for the season, they were showing that she tells off some guy basically saying that he's not who she thought he was. They show that there was some guy that essentially said she was the oldest bachelorette and was hating on her for that. And she yells back at him saying... Yeah, sure, I'm the oldest bachelor, but that's because I didn't settle for men like that. So I really don't know what she's talking about. In the edit, they made it seem like she was talking about Dale, which I don't think is true. I think it's just 
part of the editing because he's too good to be true, mm-hmm. which is such a classic trope in this show. <laughs> Honestly, I really feel like we gotta stop shaming women for this because she's 39. She probably knows exactly, hopefully, what she wants at this point. So it's kind of refreshing to have someone who's older and hopefully wiser and can go after what she wants tell men off who are disrespecting her. Versus these, like, 24-year-old bachelorettes we keep having. What we do know is this will be the most (laughs) dramatic season yet. Just ask Chris Harrison. (laughs) Moving on to Fuego. Or no-go. We're going to be debating whether or not Mayor Before Christmas is a Halloween or a Christmas movie. It is my firm belief that Nightmare Before Christmas is a Halloween movie because the movie came out on October 13th in 1993. That is Halloween time. I think it's Halloween because they live in Halloween Town. There's a song called This Is Halloween. Jack is also known as the Pumpkin King. And honestly, I think just the whole vibe of the movie is Halloween because it's skeletons, it's like weird devil kids, Oogie Boogie (laughs) is the villain. It makes me feel like we're in like a nightmare world, therefore I want to watch it during Halloween. I don't want to watch it during Christmas because when I think Christmas, I think feel-good movies like Elf. I feel like there's a sense of warmth when you watch Christmas movies. There's some sort of heartwarming message at the end. And I don't feel like this movie has that. I think it's creepy and it's definitely really entertaining to watch, but it doesn't give me that same warm, fuzzy feeling when I watch a Christmas movie. Here's why I think Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie. First of all, Nightmare Before Christmas. The whole premise of the movie is Halloween is ending. Jack has this whole crisis of like, oh my God, what do I do now? Like, who am I? He has this identity crisis, and he decides to try out Christmas. The whole thing, they're kidnapping Sandy Claus. Yes, it has, like, the whole Halloween spin on it, because they are from Halloween Town, but whole then plot of the movie is trying to create their own version of Christmas, and he's going to take it over and put his own spin on it. Yeah, but do you think kidnapping Sandy Claus is a Christmas mood? Yeah. No! It absolutely is. That's so dark. I Well, you know, somebody who's dark year-round... Why? Okay, but that's what I'm thinking. So I feel like you're biased because you're very dark. Yeah. So this is as heartwarming as it gets for a dark person. So the director, Henry Selick, said, It's a Halloween movie at a horror show festival. And I'm going to read you his quote that I pulled from an article this morning. I... Also have an article okay. up on my phone. Okay, great. Oh <laughs> so the director of this movie said, if you're asking the people who made the film, it's a movie about Halloween and the people of Halloween and how they react to Christmas. Therefore, it's a Halloween movie. Okay, well, Boom. I have Roasted. from, well, it's Danny Elfman, the composer who wrote all the, um, all the songs, voice jack, all that. Well, he actually said to him it was Halloween, but he said that it's up for interpretation for the viewer. He's like, there's absolutely Christmas elements. There are Christmas elements, but overarchingly, it's Halloween. The people who made it said it's Halloween. It released in Halloween time. I respect their choice. I mean, why does Christmas have to be so heartwarming and all those things? That's the holiday. Yeah, but like, why? But that's like asking, why is Halloween spooky? You know what I mean? Like, you're asking why the holiday is what it is, and I feel like that's not really fair, because that is what Christmas is supposed to be. Yeah. I do understand that that's your definition of 
Christmas because you don't like the true meaning of Christmas, but like <laughs> that, that is the meaning of Christmas, though, Julia. Yeah. It's meant to be heartwarming. It's not supposed to be anything but that. For you, do you define holiday movies by the time frame that they're taking place versus what the theme is actually about? Because that's what it seems like. Yeah, it to is. me, the exact time frame is during Christmas. Like, it's nothing about the thematic. It's, it's not, not about theme. time frame. It's just okay, like so that's interesting. they're taking their take on Christmas, but it's happening during Christmas time. Okay, that clarifies a lot. So it's hard <laughs> for me to watch that during Halloween because I'm just like, well, it's not Halloween. Halloween's okay. over. Never did the movie celebrate Halloween. Okay. It, it did only with the first song. This it was is ending. Halloween. He, it ends. <laughs> well, so. to Chrissy's point, though, then maybe that's what defines how people view this movie. Mm themes versus time frame because mm -hmm. you are a time frame person and christmas is included in the movie mm -hmm. which is why you think it's christmas yeah. versus i think when i'm watching a halloween movie i want to feel like it's either spooky or i'm scared so mm -hmm. the, the theme of it is all of these like weird creatures in a halloween town vibe and the mood is very dark even if it's christmas in it so for me, I want it to be a Halloween movie and just think that they're reacting to Christmas. I agree with the director. So. Not to um, derail, but um, Krampus. God. Thoughts on Krampus? <laughs> Julia, that is Julia, complete no. derailing. Please don't continue with this. I have a reason that Krampus could be relevant, though. So to your point about Krampus, they have a Halloween horror maze at Universal for Halloween for that movie. They do. Which <laughs> They I... did. You're right. I had issues with because I was like, no, this is Christmas, but like, there's not really a time for Christmas mazes. So I, <laughs> you know, like if they were going to do it, when else would they have had the time? But clearly people <laughs> categorize it as Halloween then because they made the maze of it. Yeah, well, I guess. But when I walk Christmas. in there, I'm like, ah, Christmas, like there's the fire, there's the <gasps> like, there's the demon. I mean, it's just very heartwarming. I think it comes down to Julia's really into spooky stuff. So just your whole mood and vibe, like Chrissy was saying, is not really for Christmas. So this is like your version of a heartwarming mm -hmm. Christmas. Okay, so we have very different opinions on if The Nightmare Before Christmas is a Christmas movie or a Halloween movie. This is a very contentious subject among many people. So let us know whether you think it's Halloween or Christmas. Moving on to Julia Rambles. Today, Julia is going to be telling the story of the day trip me, her, and Ray took to this ghost town. There's a state park outside of LA up past Lancaster. So we were up there, we did our hike, and then it was like, okay, well... We've got time to kill, and how are we going to kill that time? We're going to go into a ghost town. Here's the thing about me. I love ghost towns. They're my favorite thing. The aesthetic, the hauntings, the saloons. I I could live and die in one. Like I hope I die in a ghost town so my ghost can become one with the ghost town. That's all I want. Oh my gosh. Uh, very dark. <laughs> yeah. So this one was Randsburg, California. Randsburg, basically like a semi-functional ghost town. Like people do live there in the nearby trailers, but then it does have like the more like Western, like touristy little like storefronts that you can tell are meant to, in normal non-pandemic times that people can like come and go see things. But a lot was shut down for obvious reasons. We were there and we're just gonna look around and just like take some pictures um perhaps play with the tiktok ghost filter mm -hmm. and the ripple effect yeah. which she's referring to 
we were standing outside the general store and the owner, maskless by the way, came out and was like, oh, you guys are just in time. We're opening up and had us eating indoors, which I don't think is, was legal at the time. I don't think you were allowed to do that. No. But we were the only people there, so I don't know. They had like that really old soda fountain that mm. was they were like, it's the oldest in the U.S., which I'm like, I don't know how to fact check that, but I don't believe that. But I believe <laughs> it's old, but I don't think it's the oldest. But I mean, it was great. They did like the old school, like, we're going to mix like the vanilla with this the Coke syrup with like mm. sparkling water. I didn't know what a general store was. I've heard the term general store, but I didn't think it was what it was. So I was very confused when I walked in because I was like, oh, we can eat here? Oh, there's you can buy stuff? They have like products on the shelves that have definitely expired. Oh, uh, yeah. Anybody need any sunblock today? It's pretty hot. <laughs> they were just like, I think my favorite part of what was on the shelves was that there was that like open bag of dog food <laughs> where I was like, are they just like sectioning this off and people are like buying as needed? Like, and it was just right next to where we were eating. I loved it. I mean, these are the things that I look for when I travel because I love chaos and dysfunction in all its forms. And especially if it has like that old, like Western vibe to it. That's why I said, just kill me in a ghost town or don't waste my time, you know? <laughs> so after we left the general store, we used the ripple effect. Yeah, so there were quite a few things that I captured with the effect. There was a really creepy tricycle that showed up and that really freaked me out because I'm sure that child died or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Because it's like, we even were saying, well, it can't be heat because everything out here is like, hot. yeah, like boiling temps. Mm -hmm. But then certain things would like take certain weird forms. Yeah, it would be like a, a tricycle. There was like an old oven that was just abandoned outside. There was a lot of old vehicles, like trucks and those old school cars and those had a lot of activity on them and at one point too I was near the doorway of like one of these saloons or something that had closed down and there was activity by the door but then when I tried to do it again later like it wouldn't do it I was freaked out yeah and even like with the oven like you said there was that whole line of old yes. ovens for some reason mm -hmm. another reason I love these towns mm -hmm. but only like one oven was reacting yeah it wasn't like it was like heat detected on all of them mm -hmm. another Super fun thing about the town is there were, you know, those old cars everywhere, but they had like skeletons sitting like shotgun behind the driver's, like <laughs> in what? the driver's seat. Yeah, just skeletons like propped up kind of all over the town, actually. Like there were some just like in chairs. Yeah. It was just part of the aesthetic of the town. It was like the first thing I saw when I got out of the car and I was like, I feel at home here. Like this is my home. This is also the trip that I disclosed my dream of being a trailer park overlord. It's the thing I've always wanted. She puts us in her dating bio. <laughs> and you wonder why you attract the weirdest group of people as suitors. My point being that, God, yeah, ghost towns are just really where I thrive. The ghost hunting, the trailer parks, mm. the general stores. Yeah, it was actually kind of alarming because I don't know if I've really ever been to a ghost town like that before. <laughs> and the whole time I was there, I was just thinking, wow, this is where Julia belongs Everything was just abandoned, abandoned saloons, abandoned theaters, as Julia likes to say. Theaters. And then the only business that was still standing was that general store, which we ate at and should have shopped at, probably. I I wish I had bought sunscreen there. It was probably, like, from, like, 2004. Go to ghost towns. They're so fun. You won't regret it. And if you're going, please tell me. Like, can you just, like, text me or something? I'll kind of just show up at your house. It's fine. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs>
Wrapping it up with story time with Weona, we're going to talk about Chrissy's 24th birthday party. That was quite eventful. I wasn't there, so I have nothing to contribute, but Chrissy's birthday is around the corner and we thought we might as well revisit this crazy wild time. I did invite Adriana to this, but she ended up being <laughs> sick that day and couldn't make it, so she truly missed out on quite, quite a day. I'm yeah. mad that I missed it after yeah. all the stories. So... <laughs> We go to this restaurant in Santa Monica for brunch, and of course, as one does, we did bottomless mimosas. We were the first party there, so since they were still opening up, it was a little bit slow, so they didn't have the food ready for a long time and gave us our drinks long before we ate. So, So fast forward, all of us have quite a few mimosas by this first hour of us solely drinking and everybody was out of it I mean I looked down this long table that of people that I had and everybody did not look good they looked checked out and I was concerned because I have some friends that drove from like an hour away lo and behold first one to inevitably break a glass is a friend of the pod here Julia I know we've talked about this I talk with my hands non-stop I'm doing it right now for some reason you can't see it but know that it's happening So while dramatically gesturing, I just like backhanded a glass, like feet down the table, it just shattered. That was the start because how many more glasses got broken at the table after that? Three or four. Yeah, it's just they just started dropping like flies. Like going to be escorted out of this restaurant if they can physically take all of us. I mean I'd like to see them try. Seriously, the the server was (laughs) the server was so over us. At that point, she was like, all right, all right, yeah, it's fine, I'll clean it up. Like, she started off nice at first, like, it's okay, it happens, and then by, like, the fifth glass, she's like, yeah, yeah, so that's fine, I'll get it. Also, like, do you want the check? (laughs) Got real aggressive towards the end. Also, we get out. (laughs) We make our way over to this bar called The Bungalow, and if you live in LA or have ever been to LA, I'm sure you've heard of it or have been there. It's, like, a very trendy bar. A lot of people go there to day drink. By this point, everybody definitely was out of it. I mean, we had a lot of mimosas. It was just a hot mess. Everybody was just running around. Nobody could find each other. We all split up. Of course, we ended up having to leave pretty early. I mean, I don't even think we were there for an hour. Because I think it was nobody, like 2 p.m. Yeah, nobody <laughs> was able to hang. So no. we were all trying to call our Ubers. And I knocked out as soon as I got home. And then I woke up hours later to a ton of texts from Julia mm-hmm. just recapping me on everything that I missed. Yeah, I had to share an Uber. I got thrown up on <laughs> a, a little bit on my face. Um, splashed back. I mean, I had the whole trash bag like across the whole back of the car. I, the driver was just like, oh my God, are you okay? And I'm just like, not really. Like she could, as much as I'm sure she wanted to kick us out, she saw the puke on my face and I think was just like, you know, I got to get this girl home. This brunch was also in Santa Monica. I don't. It was an hour ride almost to get back to Hollywood where I was living at the time. So I had to, and that the puke incident happened very early on. Ew. So I just kind of had to like marinate in it. Ew, um. <laughs> marinate. Don't describe it like that. Oh, it's too late. Um, <laughs> it's just too late. Horrifying. I'm traumatized, honestly. Yeah, that my birthday really traumatized a lot of people. I mean, I got many texts about how everybody was just so done after that. Julia's was definitely the most dramatic. Didn't mean yeah. for it to be that way, and it was only my 24th, so it wasn't even a big birthday, which makes it funnier. Yeah, hopefully this year, um, no one throws up. Yeah. 
Hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, we'll see. Thanks for listening to the 2AM podcast. We'll see you again, perhaps at the witching hour of 3AM. <laughs> Bye.